Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, I know this is a audio medium, but what yep. is your perfect podcasting outfit? Perfect podcasting outfit. It would be like sweatpants that don't have like rubber at the bottom, like that don't have elastic at the bottom. <laughs> and a loose fitting t-shirt, Erin. How about you? Amazing. Uh, when we do this remotely, it is business on top and party below the waist. So, like, I'm wearing literal pajama shorts along with a kind of nice dress shirt. And I went to get coffee this morning before we recorded, and I ran into somebody I knew looking insane. And I was like, I'm about to record my podcast. And he was like, got it. So Into it. People can always tell when I run out before the podcast because I have just a little smidge of blush on. And they're like, (laughs) you're like a hot mess. Why do you have blush on? And I was like, oh, podcast today. They're like, okay. (laughs) Can't look dead. Can't podcast. look dead. Can't look dead. Pinching cheeks doesn't work. This week, we're joined by Kara Clank and Jamie Loftus to take on the following questions. Do we like threads or do we hate Twitter? Why are Supreme Court justices so easily corrupted with the promise of fancy vacations? What happens in the left back seat of the Wienermobile? And does Jonah Hill know what the word boundary means? All this and more right now. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Hysteria, the delicious stone fruit jam to the dry toast of the everyday. Alyssa, you didn't respond to my texts about the stone fruits. Because I was so sad because the stone fruit looks so beautiful in California and we will be having no stone fruit here in the Hudson Valley, I have been told, because of climate change and plagues. So there's no stone fruit on the East Coast. It's it's a problem. Oh, my gosh. And you know what's sad is that I know stone fruit is your favorite. So do you know what I've done? It is my favorite. Yeah, It is your favorite. So I ordered some peaches from California so I could send you stone fruit jam. (gasps) You are the, 
you're ridiculous. You're I ridiculous. Know, but I person. love you. You're ridiculous. You are ridiculous. I'm just gonna say that. Okay. Um. Speaking of ridiculous, uh, really putting the dick in ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there is a passage. Uh, from a news article that came out on June 28th that is starting to kind of go viral. So the news article, again, is a few weeks old. But this one particular passage about uh, Democratic Senator John Tester of Montana made me laugh so hard because not only is the paragraph like really well written, the incident is bizarre. And also, as somebody <laughs> from a rural area, the behavior that they discuss in this paragraph seems com- it completely tracks with highly relatable. Uh, Same. Totally, it, it's totally a thing that a guy from a rural area would do. Maybe ill-advised to do it in front of a reporter. Little Lyndon B. Johnson. A little, but it's a great story nonetheless. It's, it's very funny, and I think the writing really makes it sing. Okay, I'm going to read this. I, I found this via Andy Kaczynski from CNN, who posted this on Threads, which we'll talk about later. Okay, so here's the quote. A couple years ago... <laughs> A couple years later, I was on assignment in Montana writing a profile of John Tester when the flat-topped, seven-fingered senator, who is also a working farmer, suddenly started relieving himself in an organic pea field, (laughs) 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 P-E-A, pea field, next to his tractor without covering himself up, Terrace wrote. Later, a press aide who, coincidentally, also only had seven fingers, amazing, what are they doing in Montana, popped out of a Subaru and posed to me a question as old as the federal government itself. Can the senator's penis please be off the record? The journalist wrote in a book released earlier this month. Erin, don't we wish penis... more penises were off the record? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so I I don't know what exactly happened. I wasn't there, thank goodness. But I can say that I've seen people, men, boys, relieve themselves in fields and gardens before. Same. And you don't really see that much, you know? No. You see the stream. But anyway, um, yeah, I hope that person, I I hope the witness (laughs) to that incident got whatever post-care they needed in in order to get past it. I mean, don't, don't, no, don't. Don't do that. that, Don't. Don't do that. That's not predatory. That's just like, come on. You're a a senator. Like, don't be a hate Still, I mean, no hayseeds, please, but still appreciate the let's keep it off the record. Yeah, let's keep the penis off the record. Uh, (laughs) Apparently that did not work. Um, Okay, so I found that via threads, which we are going to talk about now. I was thinking about this this week. Um, I am not happy that Mark Zuckerberg is happy. You know, I'm like, yes, it's like it makes me unhappy to think of Mark Zuckerberg being happy, but it makes me really happy to imagine Elon Musk being sad. Not just sad. You know, he's like hitting walls and stuff. Right. (laughs) Like, well, you know that he's melting down. He's not sad. He is melting down. He is absolutely melting down. Uh, Love to see it. Hate to see it. I don't know if I want somebody with enough money to do as much damage as he could do to the economy as a whole a to be point. as unhinged. Um, so a day earlier than expected on July 6th, Meta, that's what we're calling Facebook's parent company. Meta. I'm never going to, it's like the Willis Tower in Chicago. No, it's the Sears Tower. Sears Tower. It's yeah. the Sears Tower. Anyway, it's Meta Facebook, Facebook Mark. Meta Facebook, whatever. <laughs> New social media service Threads debuted, which offered billions of its users an alternative to Twitter, which, as you and I both know, sucks ass. Yeah, terrible. 
It's absolutely terrible. It's just a bunch of uh, people who are willing to pay $8 to uh, yell at Michelle Obama in her replies when she posts things yeah. like, Happy summer, everyone. And people, Happy summer. Happy birthday, Malia. <laughs> yeah. And and people just post the most vile shit in the replies. And because they have bought blue checks, theirs get featured at the top. And so we all have to scroll through it before we get to anything useful or interesting or funny in any way, shape or form. It sucks. It's bad. Um, but by Thursday, more than 20 million people had signed up for uh, Threads, Meta's new social media service. And uh, as far as I know, by... Uh, what, 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 we're on Wednesday, it's Wednesday, right? So Wednesday, it's like a week, yeah. little over a week later, um, or about a week later, they've passed a hundred million signups since. Yeah. Which by debuted. the way, I feel like is not a compliment to Meta. It's more an indictment of Elon Musk. Yes, exactly. Like I was saying, yeah. I think more people are like, ugh, people are less enthusiastic about joining threads as they are as they are about leaving Twitter. Right, right. And uh, so Zuckerberg is very happy about it. It's been really successful, broke all these records and stuff. It looks really similar to Twitter. Um, it, uh, Although the people who have been developing it um, have, uh, have said that it's going to be a more positive social network that doesn't emphasize politics and news, which is a thing that, that a person can say if they're in a demographic privileged enough to not be impacted by the news. Right. And like, Aaron, what we have talked about so many times is that like the one thing that Twitter was really good for was like emergency news, like sharing information that was critical in the event of like in a place where people really needed to communicate. And this doesn't replace that. Mm -mm. It doesn't replace it, but it does give me a little place to to type out little funny bon mots that they come through my head during the day. Listen, and just like half early the reason Twitter. I'm on it is for you. It's like, oh. let's get that newsletter up on there so we can share it. <laughs> um, well, it's it's not, uh, there's no hashtags. Um, it, uh, it allows you to post longer video. Uh, the post length is 500 characters instead of 280 characters on Twitter. Uh, there's no trending stories. There's no direct messaging. And uh, eventually you will be able to edit threads, allegedly. Great. Um, you joined, right? I did. I did. I joined. Why did it was you, easy. Wh I mean, why did... Oh, because it was easy. Have you enjoyed yeah. it so far? I have to be honest. I think that there was like a detox when Twitter got so bad that I just stopped going onto the app entirely. And now I've kind of lost the craving Mm -hmm. for that, like, level of interaction with people. And so I have been on it. It has seemed fine. It feels a little, like, beta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, n it's not very sophisticated. Also, I don't understand why certain things are in my feed. I do think that I like my Instagram followers more than, I mean, the people who I followed on Instagram are actually good Twitter follows. So I'm glad that that translated and that you can follow your people. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. It's fine. I, I would say it's fine. Yeah. I think right now there's this thing that's happening where, and this is like a little bit under the hood inside baseball, but first of all, the celebrities that you're just getting tweets from and you're like, why am I seeing all this stuff from yeah. Wiz Khalifa? Or like all these meme accounts. Wait, that is I, so strange. There has been a lot of Wiz Khalifa in my feed. Yeah. Same. So my theory is, and it's based off of, you know, just kind of what Meta has done with influencers and celebrities for other rollouts in the past. 
My theory is that Meta is uh, paying some of it, the, it, its biggest Instagram oh. users to put up a certain number of threads per day. And in exchange, they get money. And then they also get featured as part of everyone's algorithm. So it's like presented to them as like a win-win. Like you so get So hold to- on. So they're the U2 of the Apple Music. You will be getting this even if you didn't sign up for it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And it is funny that a lot of people who are on Instagram are like much better at being taken, being photographed than they are at like writing things yeah. down. Um, and so sometimes I'll get something. I'm like, this is the, why waste the human capital to even type this? This is the silliest there's, thing I've ever seen. There's a seen. lot of that, which is why it's kind of like, I'll get on for a second because the thing is you can click it from your Instagram, which I'm on right. far more. And so then I yeah. just like click it. The real reason I went to sign up is I thought I could finally get my, like, I don't know who has at Alyssa Master Monaco, but I'd love to have it someday. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can get it. And then I realized that it's the same screen name. So I was like, ah, while I'm here, I'll sign up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit more about Elon's... um, uh, Meltdown? Meltdown. Yes. Great. Great description. So on Twitter, he said, uh, he suggested (laughs) that him and Mark Zuckerberg measure their penises and compare them you know what they should take a little cue from john tester's comms aid and be like that shit should be off the record (laughs) yeah your penises (laughs) should be off the record guys um he also called zuck uh a cuck because those two things rhyme and he's the the least funny man in the world who wants the most to be funny um he also challenged zuckerberg to an mma bout I'm just going to say I'm in favor of this. Same, same. Into it. I'd watch it. I'd pay-per-view it. <laughs> I, But I don't think it should be an MMA bout. I think that it should be a duel with pistols. We need to bring back dueling for men who just, like, challenge each other to What fights. about swords? What about an AP? Or how you say it in France. I don't know how you say it in English. Epe? Like a little, an Epe. Epe, like a little, a little three musketeers action. Sure. Yeah, as long as at the end of it, People are hurt. I really gladiator want to. vibes. Yeah, yes, a hundred percent. I think that that is the proletariat gladiator that we need is billionaire duels that we watch for our own amusement. It's the ultimate it. rush, guys. It's the ultimate rush. It's the ultimate thrill. Uh, getting in a sword fight to the death in front of millions of people who hate you. Um, okay. Uh, oh, this is a cool story out of a state where a lot of stuff that comes out is not cool. Not great. Aaron, we have some good news-ish from Ohio, or at least something we need people to pay attention to who are our listeners in Ohio. Ohio has an election on November 7th. This is a local election, which tends to have lower turnout than an election involving presidential or gubernatorial race. But there are two topics on the ballot that will likely bring progressive Ohioans to the polls, protecting abortion rights and legalizing cannabis for recreational adult use. Now, Whoa, you know I'm you know I'm pro weed, but I'm also pro anything that brings progressives to the polls. So, some context, on August 8th, Aaron, so in a little less than a month, Ohio has a special election where people will be voting on issue 1, quote, a constitutional amendment that would make it all but impossible for citizens to put initiatives on the ballot in the future. That's very bad. Republicans want to pass it because they want to make it harder for voters to pass the abortion rights amendment on the ballot in November. So, Aaron, here's why it's so important. It's the same thing we talked about last summer. When Kansas 
in the middle of August, had a really important initiative on the ballot. And part of the hope was that no one would turn out for it because it was in the middle of the summer. And that is not what happened. And the Kansans turned out and made sure that a constitutional amendment banning abortion was not added to the state's constitution. So Ohio, it's vitally important to get out the vote in both August and November to protect reproductive health care. Please, this is so important. Like the marijuana statute is great, but this is so fucking important. Get out the vote. Maybe if marijuana recreational use is legalized in Ohio, people there will chill the fuck out a little bit. Like, it's truly. Just, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, the thing about this that really, the August election is, is really wild to me, that Republicans mm-hmm. are like, oh, shit, we are voting for, we are supporting issues that are so unpopular that the citizens are circumventing legislatures around the country and passing pro-abortion or defeating anti-abortion measures that are put up to a popular vote. Um, I think that the polling is showing something like almost 60% of Ohioans support the constitutional right to abortion. Um, If they added it to the state constitution, it would legalize abortion up to viability. So so not only like like pre-Casey, Pre-Planned Parenthood versus Casey, before the Supreme Court started rolling back abortion rights from Roe back in 1992, uh, it was up to viability. Casey allowed people to make some restrictions around it. The words undue burden came from that. And this would actually bring us back to a time before that for people in Ohio that would make it a state with a an approach to bodily autonomy that doesn't really exist in a lot of places in the U.S. anymore. And it would be incredible for the people who live there. And it's so important, Ohio, please listen to us, because just last night, I think it was, Aaron, Iowa, uh, Governor Kim Reynolds called a session of uh, the state legislature. They passed the six-week abortion ban in Iowa, meaning that once cardiac uh, uh, cardiac activity is is identified then, or um, once cardiac activity is detected, which is at about six weeks when most women don't know they're pregnant, you can no longer have an abortion. So this is happening everywhere in Ohio. You have a chance to stop it. So please vote in August. Yes. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I think that it's important to note also that um, abortion is a winning issue when it comes to elections. Um, I don't think I'm I could be wrong. I could have outdated information here, but I don't think that there have been any pro-choice initiatives that have lost. At I think uh, I think you're right, and um, that's that's huge. Another thing that's this made this has made me think about. So, like, abortion is such a winning issue, right? The Democratic mm-hmm. Party is the party that will protect abortion access, with a few like stragglers who are like the anti-choice Democrats, which are kind of a endangered species and thank goodness right. because we don't we don't need them um if you don't believe in body auto- bodily autonomy get out of the party but um what i find really interesting is something like 60 percent of people in ohio a bright red state i mean not bright red but pretty red it's not right. florida red but it's like pretty red it's leaning it's rose yeah 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 it's it's not a swing state anymore we should not treat it like it is um it's it's a place where 60 percent of voters 
including 84% of Democrats and 35.4% of Republicans support a constitutional amendment to make abortion a fundamental right. Okay, so we have a party that's like, hey, we'll support abortion rights. And then we have this issue, this party that's like, hey, we will not support this popular issue. But people still vote. It's like they like our issues, but they don't like people who say they support those issues. And it like the disconnect is so weird to me. And it's like, Aaron, everything that has been happening that is restricting abortion or trying to eliminate it altogether has been happening in state houses where representatives are just deciding what should happen. This is uh, Ohio's chance for direct democracy um, and going straight to the ballot box on this issue. So please do it. What an electoral spanking that would be to oh, a You know what, Republican Aaron? We would take a victory lap on that. I would go to Ohio and and act real cocky. And, and you know what? like any listeners Should... in Ohio, if you guys win and I'm like in Ohio in the next like few months after you guys win, I'm I, we're we're hanging out. We're doing some some strutting. Do we're some doing shit. Some strutting. <laughs> um okay. Uh oh yeah, this is what is it with Supreme Court justices and wanting to take vacation? Aaron. Okay, so I have like major i have i have mixed feelings about this uh sort of uh research project the associated press has undertaken they are now checking out all possible ethics violations that supreme court justices could be engaging in which one do we want transparency yes we do we absolutely want transparency there should be ethics rules people should be doing the correct thing if they are a supreme court justice however I'll give you the top lines, and then I'll give you my heartburn about this article. So teaching is encouraged as a way to demystify the nation's highest court while exposing the justices to a cross-section of the public. For decades now, Aaron, they have traveled the globe during court recesses to lecture. It's a permissible practice so long as their earnings are less than the court's roughly $30,000 cap on outside income. For decades, the University of Hawaii Law School specifically has marketed its Jurist-in-Residence program to the Supreme Court as an all-expense-paid getaway with the upside of considerable considerable downtime in paradise. Okay, so the AP obtained documents through public records requests about all the different kind of teaching uh, assignments, boondoggles, whatever you want to call them, that justices have taken. And, you know... Yes, okay, there should be greater oversight over these kinds of trips. And if someone's being paid money, maybe they should be teaching a little bit more than they are snorkeling. Yes, agreed, full stop. However, this article coming out on the heels of everything we have been talking about with Justices Alito and Thomas, this is not an apples to apples. Like, yeah, like, let's not conflate a first, not first class, not first class, a private plane to Alaska with some some conservative lobbyists and think tank people to a little bit of a boondoggle of snorkeling in Hawaii. These things, mm-hmm. while also doing, while teaching, while being on a like a on a university lecture program. So I uh, I appreciate transparency. I just uh, let's not pretend. Like Clarence Thomas having many things in his life paid for by people going back many years, including like, what was it, his nephew's private school tuition or some shit like that? There was just an article in The Guardian, I think, this morning, Wednesday morning, that um, 
said that some person with a with a case in front of the Supreme Court was Venmoing a Thomas aide. Like, I mean, okay, like let's get into that. All right, I, like this I just, is. <laughs> I think here's my theory on this. Um, I think just newsroom to newsroom, ProPublica has been absolutely whipping ass. Totally. On this beat. They were the ones that broke the Clarence Thomas story, the Sam Alito, Salmon Alito story. Salmon. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, they've been on the Supreme Court corruption beat. Ginny Thomas stuff ProPublica's had. They've been yeah. just on it. And this is like through the AP. And I feel like there are other newsrooms that are like, guys, we got to have like a Supreme Court corruption we gotta beat. Got to figure it out. And, and Right. I mean, it's it's good. I'm glad we have more than just ProPublica right. doing all that lifting. Um, but, you know, I think it's important for us to uh, process each of these stories as part of a bigger picture. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the big picture is that Supreme Court justices get a lot of stuff for free. I propose a solution. I think that we should, in uh, the district, we should erect a sort of theme park, a Supreme Court justice theme park, that they're mm-hmm. not allowed to leave. You have virtually unchecked power uh, and you have like no nobody can like do anything to you if you break the rules, and there really aren't any rules. Right. Also, they have lifetime appointments. They uh, they they have like cushy ass jobs, and so the least we can ask as the American job people, security. <laughs> yes, they've got everything. They're never going to be laid off. They're never going to be. We're never going to be like, oh, we're not. Oh, we we rejected the debt ceiling increase. Uh, we're, we gotta we're let two of you go. <laughs> we gotta let two of you go. You've been made redundant. <laughs> um, I think Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett could be just dispensed up. Anyway, I think that they should live in a theme park. Their house, like Disneyland style, and their I'm houses should it. be in the theme park. And they should each get their own little town. Like there's Kavanaugh Town, where like. Americans can go like during visiting hours and be like, Wait, hey, and then Aaron, do you know where they should live? Where? They should live in Kendall Roy's Living Plus. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But they're not allowed to leave. But in this theme park, they have wave pools. They've yes! got virtual reality vacations to Indonesia. They'll bring in some salmon for them to pretend to catch if they want. They've got a private plane experience that is just a roller coaster <laughs> that goes along the outside. They can get the ex- without like they could do all of these things sort of without it being such like an ethical nightmare. Let's just provide them with a little enclosure, keep them there. Yeah. Feed the uh, animals. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's still, I think that it's absolutely not okay. Clarence Thomas is like the most corrupt Supreme Court justice. Most, like, it's exhausting. It's, it's exhausting. exhausting. The, the blatant corruption is just like very obvious and it's, it's very uh, awful. And he continues to do extreme amounts of damage to this country. Yeah. Uh, with no repercussions for the way that he's behaved. And he just doesn't seem to think that he has to behave in any way at all. Um, But at the same time, I think that, like, taking a plum teaching assignment and having it, yeah, you get to, like, go snorkeling. That's like, nah, that's not ideal. But, you know. Look, make rules. Make people follow them. That's fine. Exactly. That would be great. Until then, theme park. Theme park, theme park, and they can't, yeah. and they can't leave. You heard um, it here first. Yes, <laughs> Supreme Court town, Scotus <laughs> town, Scotus land, Scotus town. Aaron, that's our new podcast. <laughs> I gotta say, if I'm going to Scotus town, I am spending my whole time in 
the liberal side. It seems like it would have, like, better food, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, I would, I'd like to, to go to, um, I think Sotomayor Village would be my favorite part of that park. Oh, absolutely. Um, one final thing, uh, just to kind of follow up on something that we had our producer Caroline talk about, our senior producer <laughs> Caroline, sorry. Uh, she's a senior producer because she's senior producer, extremely senior. Um, <laughs> Leslie Van Houten, Caroline's best friend and a former Ever. member of Charles Manson's cult and a convicted murderer was released on parole from a correctional facility in Corona, California on Tuesday. She's out. She's out. She's out. Okay. She was uh, the longest serving female inmate in the in the correctional system, in the state correctional system, I believe. She's mm-hmm. 73 years old. Um, she had been recommended for parole five times, mm-hmm. and each time the governor of California had been like, no, we can't let her out. She was involved in some, like, really gruesome and awful crimes. Bad shit. She's just, like, in no way minimizing what she was involved in. But in the years since she's been incarcerated, she has shown, quote, extraordinary rehabilitative efforts, insight, remorse, realistic parole plans, support from family and friends. So, and this isn't the first time she's been out of prison. She was paroled for a brief period of time. Yeah. Uh, In the past, she lived in Echo Park, my old neighborhood. She worked Mm. at a law firm. She attended Mm. the Emmys. Did not do anything bad. Stabbed nobody. Um, she's 73 now, so I think most of us could probably take her if she did. Right? Yes. And, you know, this is all part of the rehabilitation process. I mean, the parole board deemed that she had remorse, that she had changed, that mm-hmm. she was not a danger to society. Um, we hope that they have the same, you know, standards for brown and black women when they're up mm-hmm. for parole. And, um, and of course, this is probably hard for the victim's families, obviously, but— you know, okay, let's do it. I just think what's the point of prison if there is no possibility for rehabilitation and for like an right. honest assessment of a person's reentry into society? Exactly. Like what's, the, what's the point of prison? Um, yeah. Wait, um, I think we have a quick toast. Oh, what's the toast? One of our absolute hysteria faves, Jay Smith Cameron, was nominated for an Emmy today. What? Yes, Jay Smith. Oh, Jay, we got to have her back. I heard somebody else in the Hysteria Orbit also had a project they were affiliated with get nominated you know, for some Aaron, Emmys. You know, Erin, we heard that Pretty Baby, Lana Wilson, our director, has been nominated for an Emmy for Pretty Baby along with our editing team. So we're also very excited. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Um, I'm just bummed that because of all the strike stuff, you won't yeah, get to do seems- like the Unlikely. It's, it's going to be a low-key affair, I feel, this year, which I is mean, unfortunate. It'll probably be on a website. Let's just hope the website doesn't crash. But yeah. without I mean, writers, it's not unfortunate that tragic. it would be a low-key affair. It's right. unfortunate that, that, that circumstances have led to one very justified strike and possibly two. We're recording this before the midnight ex- yep. like expiration deadline of the SAG contract. So maybe two. Um, but those strikes are both very justified. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about hot dogs. We're going to talk about wieners. Into we're it. We're talk about a bunch of stuff. But stick around. We'll be right back.
This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. To, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. 
Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think. My my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're they look like a security blanket that a thirty year old yep. still has, where it's just like a ball of string, and you're like, um, our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now, and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a on a short weekend trip, and they still looked great. It was like, Dad. Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the show for people who were a joy to have in class, but have <laughs> since learned to be a pain in the ass when it counts. Alyssa, were you a joy to have in class? Uh, I was a joy to have in class, though also always noted Alyssa talks too much. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. What I are you going to do? I had The opinions. only time I got in trouble in elementary school was for being too social, which is... Me too. Me too. Ridiculous. Exactly. What, and I, for what was pl- I planning to like be? things? I, I was always like colluding with other classmates, like when I was real little. <laughs> Your little uh, conspiracy monger. Um, that's great. Let's get right to introducing today's panel. I'm excited to talk about, I guess, like a kind of bifurcated topic of conversation, but yeah. they are linked with some wordplay. <laughs> um, our next panelist is going on tour this fall. That's messed up. An SVU podcast is hitting 22 cities starting 22? in September. Get your tickets at that'smessedup.live.com. Kara Clank, welcome back to Hysteria. Hello. Thank you for having me back. How's everybody doing? Doing great. But I want to wish you a happy new episodes of Bluey Day to you and all who celebrate. Oh, there's new episodes today? There's 10 new episodes on Disney Plus today. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I know. I know. Oh, my God. I just... <laughs> I just went on this other podcast. I think that actually came out today. I was on Amber Ruffin's podcast with my co-host, Lisa. And they asked us, we did like a newlywed game thing where they were like, one of the questions that I had to answer and she had to guess my answer was, what fictional family would you want to be part of? And she was like, oh my God, I don't know. And she guessed something else. And I go, I said the family from Bluey. And she goes, I forgot that you want to fuck the dad from Bluey. (laughs) Everybody everybody wants to fuck the dad from Bluey. Um, Guys, you know I'm Googling the dad from Bluey now, okay? Because I've always he's been very... He's just a really good dad. He's a really good dad. Oh, guys, he's cute! And he's hot. <laughs> he's a cartoon <laughs> dog, everyone. I want everyone to know it's a cartoon dog. Yeah, and for um, cartoon dogs, he's good. Something, yeah. <laughs> something that really messed with my head. So Bluey, for people who don't have children that are under five, 
uh, is an Australian cartoon about a family of dogs. Um, and they just like do imagination games and play together. There's uh, and they're really great. And uh, Bingo is and Bingo is the sister, and Bluey is the older sister. And uh, Bluey is the closest thing in this house that we have to a god at this point. <laughs> um, the new Bluey episodes are like what a new Taylor Swift album is to Taylor Swift. <laughs> like I am just like I just need some new material. Um, new Bluey dropped. New yeah, Bluey. Um, and <laughs> finally, rounding. Out the panel. It's time to introduce our first timer to Hysteria. She's a comedian, podcaster, and writer who just released her debut book, Raw Dog, The Naked Truth About Hot Dogs. I love the title so much. <laughs> I need to pause and just like take it in. Uh, it, quote, tells us what the creation, culture, and class influence on hot dogs says about America now, and we can't wait to read. Jamie Loftus, welcome to Hysteria. Hey, thanks for having me. I think the dad from Bluey is hot. Oh, good. But why um, hot dogs? Uh, there's not a lot of books about hot dogs. There was a, and there is no books by women about hot dogs. And this is a very specific thing I was trying to correct. Uh, no, there was just I, I, I really love hot dogs. I, I do like, too. <laughs> I really, it's just like it's kind of a great equalizer. Everyone has a strong opinion on hot dogs, even if they don't particularly like them. Um, and I never, there was no uh, sort of book that included. A celebration of hot dogs and sort of all the uh, disgusting, difficult parts about them in the sort of same zone. So I wanted to be the person to, to attempt it. So what did your life look like when you were researching this book? Like how much time per day did you spend on hot dogs? It was a sweaty time. It was a greasy time. It was a stinky <laughs> time in my life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were, <laughs> It was all the research was done almost two years ago now, but it was like uh, summer 2021. Uh, we were traveling around doing five or six hot dogs a day uh, in different states. Whoa. Kind of just trying to get as wide a sample size of not just like kinds of hot dogs to try, but types of businesses, uh, people to talk to, different regions, all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was really fun, but I it, it did it did something to my brain chemistry. Like I, you just start to feel... <laughs> Like something is wrong. I've never been less horny in my life. Like <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of sort of cast off effects. But it did end up sort of, I mean, even though I learned a lot of pretty horrific things in the process of writing that book, I, hot dogs are a more uh, normal part of my diet than they ever have been. It's not Whoa, at that rate. That... But I'm like, every time Wait. I go to a new city, I'm, that's sort of like stop number one. Jamie, as someone who went to school in Wisconsin and had friends who were interns in, uh, on the Wienermobile, did you oh. ever get in the Wienermobile? Was this part yes. of your research? You yes. did? Yes. I have a chapter on the Wienermobile because I wanted to know uh, what the situation was there because I heard I was sort of like following a very specific Wienermobile around because the deal there is that they, you're, it's like a, it's kind of an arranged marriage where the program will put two people uh, in a wienermobile for six months. That's it. That's kind of the only person you interact with other than people who want to be near the wienermobile. And I learned that one in two of those pairings end up getting married. And which means what? that people are having sex in the wienermobile. And so I was like, wiener really? babies. <laughs> there are wiener babies. It's so, ah! it's, 
the pairing I ended up following, they were great. They were not a marriage pairing. They were, it was very like antagonistic sibling vibes, but that meant that they were very open about because they weren't having sex. They're like, oh yeah, but like a lot of people are. And, um, I, he wouldn't let me put it in the book, but I am allowed to talk about it now that the book is out. The They also have these like names, like the, the two people I was following around were Nacho Dog Nick and Little Link Lauren. <laughs> Those are my sources Whoa. on the inside. <laughs> oh my God. And they were like, once our contract with Oscar Mayer expires, you can tell people what you know, but not while we're still in the Wienermobile. So now that they're out and they're living normal lives, um, <laughs> They, uh, there, there's a seat, there's six seats, I believe, in the Wienermobile, and the back left seat is called the meat seat, because that's where they have sex with each other. <gasps> the meat seat! The meat seat! Oh, yeah. What's, like, the hot dog equivalent to the Mile High Club? Yeah! Oh, my God! <laughs> the footlong club? Like, what? The footlong club! <laughs> yeah. The Frankfurter club? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> yeah, so if you survive the meat seat, um... You're probably about to get married to a fellow Wienermobile driver. It's such a bizarre <laughs> pipeline. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, oh my that's god. That's a show. That's a show. Right? Um, where did you find the best hot dog out of all the places that you ate them? Uh, I I was really hoping I would have like a not like other hot dog fans answer for this, but the general most people say that the best hot dog in the country is at Rut's Hut in Clifton, New Jersey. And mm. I think that they're right about that. That is the best hot dog in the country that uh, that I had, at least, or have since. Mm. How does it compare to Nathan's? Like Coney uh, Island Nathan's? Nathan's, they're, I like the culture around Nathan's. I love the Nathan's contest. I was there last week covering it. But the hot dog itself is fine. Uh, Rut's <laughs> Hut is amazing because they do this thing where they, um, they, put the hot they like deep fry the hot dog for like two seconds so it just gets a little crispy around the edges and it's just like the greatest thing in the entire world and it's it also just feels like where you would go after you commit a murder in new jersey the vibes are really kind of (laughs) haunting but you you would bring a family there too it's just the best (laughs) wow murderers and families alike i would say you really jamie you really sold me on committing a murder in new jersey so um thank you uh (laughs) wait jamie can i ask you a quick question Mm -hmm. like i'm a vegetarian obviously i remember what hot dogs taste like i do miss them and when i go to like foot baseball games i really like to get a hot dog and i get the veggie dog and it just tastes like rubber band Mm. yeah that's, Did you do any research in the vegetarian hot dog space? Are we <laughs> on our way to something better, like an Impossible Burger for hot dogs? Like, or, or is that just like a sacrilegious question to even ask you? No, no. There's hot dogs are for <laughs> everybody. Uh, no, there's there's good vegan brats out there. I feel like there's been more progress in the brat space than the hot dog space. The brat space, mm. but, yes, so true. But you're but you're in LA, so you could. There's a few good vegan hot dogs in. LA. I love the one at Walt's Bar. That is like oh, an incredible. Wait, that's vegan right hot near dog. me. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't know they had a, ve- a vegan dog. It's so I know. Let's go. It's really let's really go to Walt. Let's go. It's literally, I think, like a midpoint between our houses. Practically, no way. we should yeah. go. Highly yeah, I can walk there. I can walk there. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of wieners, let's get into uh, the story. Yes. Terrific yes, segue. Segue. Uh, <laughs> the news is biggest wiener this week, and that is uh, Jonah Hill. So for people who haven't been following along, and if you are one of the blessed people who don't know what what this story is, 
I envy <sighs> you and I'm sorry for ruining your day. So basically, Jonah Hill's ex-girlfriend, Sarah Brady, released a bunch of text messages that they ex- they exchanged during and kind of after their relationship. Um she accused him of emotional abuse and she released all this on her Instagram stories. She's a semi-professional surfer and so and which is a detail that's necessary to kind of understand what he was asking her to do. Um, the messages shared by Sarah, who's 26, showed a contact she'd save as Jonah asking her to remove photos and videos of herself surfing. She is a surfer. He wants her to remove <laughs> Instagram photos and videos of herself surfing and anything that showed her, quote, ass in a thong from her Instagram page. This is a warning to all girls, Sarah said. If your partner is talking to you like this, make, make an exit plan. Call me if you need an ear. Jonah also said he was super controlling and weird. Did you guys see these posts that he yeah, yeah. did? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, he also said uh, that removing the post was a good start before he questioned why there were still photos of her surfing and bathing suits at all on her page. And uh, according to the screenshots, he wrote, I've made my boundaries clear. You refuse to let go of some of them, and you've made it that clear, and I hope it makes you happy. Um, He also told her he didn't want her surfing with men, posting sexual pictures, and boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men, modeling. He also didn't want her being friends with women who are in unstable places. And then Jonah said that he was not the right partner for her. Quote, if these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it, and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for romantic partnership. Jamie, are those boundaries? Uh, no, this sounds like a job application. It sounds horrible. (laughs) Like this list reminds me kind of of like trying to get jobs in media in the early 2010s. Like just bizarro, blamey. I I don't know. I I just, it's just gross to me. And I, I hope that he's extremely embarrassed because it just, especially for someone who released a documentary about therapy in the last year um, and has been so vocally like, you know, uh, male feminist uh, in the way that Jonah Hill has, like, it just doesn't square whatsoever. And I think it's, and I think we're seeing kind of like more examples of people like this who really like walk the walk theoretically but if you learn even a little bit about their personal relationships they're projecting their insecurities like there's like no tomorrow and also just do not understand what the word like doesn't he doesn't know what the word boundaries means boundaries Mm -hmm. means something that he's insecure and uncomfortable about to him and like controlling a woman's behavior based on it. And the fact that she's a surfer on top of all of this just makes it like crosses into ridiculous territory. I don't know. This story is just, it's really, um, it's, I sweat through my clothes when I read this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, same. We did a show um, a few months ago about the weaponization of therapy language. And, you know, Jonas sort of made himself Mr. Therapy. And you could just see that he was using these words in a way that weren't the way that they were intended. Alyssa, did you also sweat when you read these exchanges or when you read about this I uh, did. I, story? I, I, I more eye-rolled instead of sweat. I mean, he doesn't, like, look, he's allowed to live his life the way that he wants to. And he's allowed to seek out a partner that is going to live in a space that makes him comfortable, but he started dating a surfer. Like, what was, like, what did he think was going to happen? So it feels like, it feels 
it feels dumb. It feels like gaslighting. It feels like, but then also, you know, releasing text messages, you always, you're never really getting the full story. So we don't know. But based on what we know, he's a fucking nut nut. And he was trying to use his therapy words in his text to her to like inoculate himself from criticism. Um, mm-hmm. And like, that's not, that's not worked. That's not mm-hmm. worked. Kara, I wonder what you made of this exchange. Do you think it's like, I mean, I've seen people talk about it being fucked up that she released text messages from the context of their relationship. Do you agree that it's messed up or not? Well, I saw, I was thinking about this this morning, actually, after I dropped my kids off at school. I usually just do my normal 20 20 to 30 minutes of thinking about Jonah Hill after I drop my kids off every morning. And, um... (laughs) I was thinking about that because, you know, I saw a tweet from a from a friend who was like, I really just hate this. Like, I hate the violation of privacy, like of of sharing screenshots. And then other people are like, yes, but women need to feel empowered to know that, like, they they need to share their stories so that they know that this isn't, you know, like a good way to be. Um, treated that this isn't normal, like to not normalize it. And I was thinking, I wonder if she could have released them without it being his name. But it's like, that's the most famous person she's associated with. Right. It wouldn't have gotten to as many women as it has if it wasn't for his fame. I'm really torn about it. Mm-hmm. I'm torn. Like, I do think she, I, I do think she, like, I don't know. They are private text messages, but I do like the message that she's sending to people, which is like, you know, not all like kinds of abuse is like with fists and, and like immediate, like, and, and verbal, like screaming. It's not always what you see on like a television show, like these kind of restrictive move, like restricting your movement, restricting who you're allowed to be friends with, like all that kind of stuff. And then couching it in therapy language, it's really dangerous. And Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that we're having the conversation. You know, I don't, Jared, if you're listening, please don't release any private text messages between the two of <laughs> yeah, us, seriously. no matter what happens. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I feel like we're going to have to conduct our relationships like people conduct business now. Like mm-hmm. if you want to if the, don't write anything down that you don't want possibly going public. So if like someone says something that triggers you, you're going to be like, hey, give me a call real, real quick. We're going to talk. Oh, that's it. like why everybody does voice notes. I feel like nobody wants things written down anymore. Like ever, when anybody wants to talk shit, it's like you get a little voice note in your text message box, you know? This seems like such a a bizarre case because I do agree, like, I don't know. I I think everyone, not on this scale, but it's like there's definitely texts I've sent in a relationship that I would be absolutely mortified uh, if it ever reached the public in any meaningful way. Like that has to feel horrible no matter who you are. But it's, I don't know. Yeah, I, this case is so tricky because it's like, I don't, that's not something that I could see myself doing. But I feel like including who he is, if she wants to talk about this, is almost necessary because of like who he's saying he is in public versus who he is in private. So if it, if you right. lose the context of who it is, then... I mean, that does not that that can't be impactful and helpful to people who follow her. But I feel like it's if her point is like, this is who this person says he is. This is who they are in private. How do you mm-hmm. kind of square that? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a little murky. I, I feel like the, the weekend text release was useful in that it was instructive about the kind of person that Jonah Hill was within the context of their relationship. Um, on Monday, she released more text messages. And when I read about those, I was like, I feel like this maybe should not 
have been released publicly. Um, she oh the ones about sexting after their breakup, the new relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt like that was a little bit like okay, clearly you were hurt by the way that the relationship ended, and that's why you're you know posting this. And I think that that to me feels like um that makes me feel not great reading about it. Like I don't really need to know those things. Um, he just, uh, Jonah's girlfriend just had a baby. Um, and yeah, this was the part that I was very uncomfortable about is that she addresses this and she's like, I was going to release the text messages sooner, but didn't want to cause harm to the pregnancy. So I'm releasing them like three weeks after the baby was born. Like I just maybe would have eliminated that altogether because neither one of those things sounds good. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Leave the baby out of it. Okay. Leave the the baby. Do what you got to do. But let's not say you had an actual like mental gymnastics about the effect your texts would have on the baby. I I don't know. And her point was her point, right, was to in releasing the second batch was that that was like further gaslighting him saying, what are you talking about? I never we never had sexted or had inappropriate communication. And she's like, here's all the examples. And he's mm-hmm. like, you are out of your mind. I got to go. Like, and he's gaslighting a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it is worth noting, he has not responded to any of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might be busy. He's got a three-week-old baby. He does. No, might, I know. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's like he has not, you know, he has not released any text messages. He hasn't. He's yeah, letting this sure. lie, I guess. Are yeah. we dealing with some semantic creep here? Like, are we witness? Like, a lot of people have used the word abuse, and she uses the word abuse, and so I don't want to question her experience right. and her feelings about this. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of people who are discussing it, who are not involved in it, who don't know all the facts, being kind of fast and loose with some pretty extreme language. Kara, it seems like you think that we have enough reason to say that this is like an example of abusive behavior. Is is that accurate? Yeah, I would say I think it's abusive behavior to constantly make somebody second guess what they're posting, what they're wearing, who they're hanging out with. I think that's to be controlling over someone like that in any way feels abusive to me. I'm not going to say like, I I don't know what if we're going to make a scale of abuse here, Mm -hmm. but like that feels that feels abusive to me. And like we when I was I I talked about this on my podcast yesterday, but the episode won't come out for weeks. So (laughs) but um, we my co-host Lisa had a great point where she goes. There are women like this. If you want to date a woman who dresses modestly, who listens to everything you say, who will not have friendships with a single other woman if you don't want her to, or a single other man, there's women out there like that. You don't want a woman like that. You want a woman who's like strong and powerful that you can then control and kind of break down. And I thought that was like a really interesting point because we see that all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. But the other thing, yes to that. Um, but the other thing too that's a little like ah, I don't know is that he lays out what would what makes him feel comfortable and says and if this doesn't work for you like go with God no hard feelings so like go so she go with God she could have left right yeah I mean like I'm not I just think if you're only going to release text messages without context and that's the only thing we have to go on I, I saw that and I was like okay I mean I realize there's so much more going on but at the same time like. I don't know. It's very complicated. I think it's almost more insidious to to have somebody like there are two different ways. I mean, two extreme ways that a that a partner might try to control you verbally, and one is like by couching it in gentle therapy speak and trying to make it seem as like, you know, 
light a touch as possible. And the other one is to just like straight up be like, you look like a slut, you know, like to, to come out and actually say the words. But the subtext yes. in what he was saying to her about like not wanting her to go surfing with men. Excuse me. Like, how is she going to do that? She's a surfer. Yeah, like, what in the name of Mike Pence is going on here? Like, yeah. you're not allowed to have, a, a, like, yes. you're not allowed to have interactions with the opposite sex. Like, that's that's where I was like, okay, yeah, he's letting her out of the relationship if she wants. But these demands are, like, crazy, bonkers and right. very, like, re- like, you know, regressive. And, yeah. Jamie, I'm, I'm curious. Have you ever been in a relationship where you felt controlled by a person who considered himself like a male feminist, like an enlightened guy who actually oh, yeah. was <laughs> Yeah, like, how did the, how did that go? Did you get flashbacks reading this? Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think that I don't know, this is such a like loaded and bizarre, bizarre story, because I, I am with you, Kara, on on what you and Lisa were talking about on how I don't know, like, I think with and it's I don't know, it it sounds like because of who Jonah Hill presents himself as in public and probably who he thinks himself as being like. Right. I think that there is like some level of disconnect with how he views himself, uh, which maybe doesn't speak well of his therapist. He made a whole therapist? ass documentary about. <laughs> uh, but um, it seems, yeah, like there's some sort of like puzzle he's solving here of like I like the idea of being with a woman who is like very in control of herself like is is like you know a very powerful cool person but I actually can't deal with it so yeah. what can I do to have both at the same time and yeah. like it's I I think that I've you know like every case is different but I think I've been in like smaller versions of that and uh in most cases i have gone with god and bailed but i you know it's it's uh it's it's a tricky situation to be put in too especially with someone with like that kind of power who's like oh you're so cool like i mean and we don't know what the relationship was like up until that but it's like if he's gassing her up and then once you're in the relationship it's like well actually you need to adjust your behavior to still seem like the cool person that I, right. you know, I mean, claim to have fallen quickly, in love with. But... He very quickly turned into Jim Bob Duggar when they were in the relationship. Right, right. <laughs> Which is disorienting. Like, if you're the person in that position, I mean, I don't know. It's also, like you're saying, Alyssa, the context is so fuzzy. You're like, how far into the relationship is this? Right. Like, I have no idea. Um, but that, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, she, she, could have left, but it's also like that's so, that's such a disorienting, hard turn to take once right. you've like mm-hmm. entered this relationship. Fundamentally, he needs more therapy. <laughs> yeah, more a better, different whatever. therapist too. Like you said, yeah. Right? Like I feel like for some people, uh, therapy just serves to validate their behavior because their therapist is only getting their side of the story. And like, I don't know. I feel as though there's. A person like Jonah Hill can be behaving as though he's, like, wounded, like he has a deep wound. But I think a therapist's job is to help him understand that his actions and demands come from his place of wounding and that he needs to focus on fixing that himself rather than being like, it's fine, I'm wounded, and there's nothing I can do about it, and this is just what I demand. I feel like therapists sometimes treat crappy behavior like an immutable personality, like, trait, and that um, 
that sucks. And sometimes I think people that, that are like kind of crappy people seek out therapy so that they can develop the language to justify how crappy they are. Right. Yeah. Totally. Like, oh, the word boundary is just like a laundry list of shit I don't want my partner to do. Great. Got it. Like, here we go. Yeah. The the interesting thing. And Kara, to your point, can't be disputed because I'm just calling it a boundary. Yeah. Yes. I'm not saying I will harm you if you don't do it. I'm just calling it a boundary. But like, I'm also threatening to withhold love or the relationship, you know? Yeah. It feels like the subtext to that is like, well if you cannot meet this bound because calling it a boundary instead of a demand makes it seem like she's unreasonable if she doesn't seriously consider doing this. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, when Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine in a way he was setting a boundary, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) These are my boundaries. I love when you get into foreign policy. (laughs) (laughs) He was setting a boundary, guys. That's it. You guys are Russia. (laughs) If you can't leave with it or yeah, anyway. Um, well, did you, I mean, I thought it was also interesting that at the same time as this story was unfolding, this Kiki Palmer story was unfolding, which like was where her baby's father criticized something she wore as being like basically too slutty and was like, you're a mom. And she said, and he said in a tweet, double doubling down, he was like, this is my family and this is my beliefs. And I'm like, I don't agree with him at all, but I think that's like where the difference is a little bit is that Jonah Hill's purporting to be a different person. Mm-hmm. Like he's not saying these are my beliefs in in public, mm-hmm. but in private, these are his beliefs that a woman should not be fraternizing with the opposite sex or mm-hmm. wearing a thong in public or whatever. Wearing literally what she would wear to work. It's so like yeah. this, the surfing aspect just makes it even more ridiculous. Yeah, it's not like she was an investment banker who took up surfing after they got together out of like a histrionic desire for attention. <laughs> like she, that's her job. Which I'm also kind of generally in favor of. That yeah, that's cool. Do it. Do it. If you've got a, a nice butt and you enjoy surfing, put your butt in a swimsuit and get on a surfboard. Nobody's going to complain. Um, I, it's, it's uh, yeah, like we we said during this conversation, it is a complicated thing and we don't know the full extent of what happens inside of a person's relationship, but making demands on a partner uh, are not, that's not a boundary. That's, that's a demand. And uh, Jonah Hill seems like he was a crappy boyfriend. I think we can all agree. Yeah. yeah. Co-signed. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Jamie, Kara, stick around. We're going to do Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aww. i mean just look at the little guy water soluble plant food from miracle grow is full of essential nutrients just a little scoop into your watering can and boom instant feeding and bigger more beautiful plants it's kind of like a sports drink for your plants you may have to suffer from heat but your plants do not Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. 
Every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast that is begging you for the love of God to invest in good sunscreen. You got to do it. Wear it every day. You got to. Got to do it every single day. Okay. Before we get to Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty, some announcements for the class. Alyssa, you like to read. I do like to read. Summer's a great time for reading, and it is very convenient, therefore, that Crooked's own book imprint, Crooked Media Reads, is publishing its first book, this summer. The novel is called Mobility by Lydia Kiesling, who also wrote the incredible book, The Golden State. It's part coming-of-age story and part indictment of capitalism. Love it. Moving between Houston, (laughs) Athens, and Baku, it tracks themes of class, power, politics, and desire all through the life of this one compelling character, Bunny Glenn. Who doesn't love a bunny? Oh, my gosh. Everybody named Bunny that I've ever met. I'm, right? Is the best. I've been like, not necessarily, you're not necessarily a stable person who I would have watching my pets or child or plants. But but someone I'd invite to a dinner party. Oh, 100%. Bunny's invited. <laughs> Bunny's on the list. Vulture included Mobility on its 14 books we can't wait to read this summer list. So pre-order your copy of Mobility today at www.crooked.com slash mobility or wherever books are sold and be among the first to read it when it's released on August 1st. Okay. Uh, Alyssa, do you want to go first? You feeling petty? You got sanity for us. I'm feeling petty about America. Okay. Um, Okay. So. Uh, I got to go to Scotland last week. So fun. But you know the best part? The medicine. Why can we not have Panadol, period, here in America? That shit is the best thing I have ever had in my whole life. I don't know why. I don't know what it does. But we cannot get it here. And it is... I felt the cramps coming on, and I was like, oh, my God, we're not in America. I bet I can find Panadol at a Boots. And so I found a Boots pharmacy. And you guys... I came back with a lot of Panadol because it just, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know why it's different. It's 500 milligrams of something, but like we have so many. And the thing that is so remarkable about this is that when I watched TV while I was there, there are like no big pharma ads. There are very few commercials and the commercials that do exist are for like orange juice and coffee. There's really not a lot for drugs. And I was like, wow, they're not shoving drugs down people's throats and they have better drugs. I'm just saying it's aspirational and I want it here. Yeah. Wait, why isn't it here? I don't know. I'm going to do research on this obviously this week, but uh, yeah. Also, you can't buy that that much because it's a, like controlled. So mm. I'm going to have to use no, it No, that's probably really why sparingly. it's not here. That's probably why it's not here. <laughs> I mean, look, you go to New York City, you can't buy anything in Dwayne Reed anymore without it getting unlocked by uh, everything's behind locks right. in the I city now. I did toothpaste like that at Dwayne Reed last week. So if it's going to be behind bars, like let's get the pad at all. Just, um, don't you know somebody at the FDA that you can call and bug? I'm sure. 
I yeah. bet you do. I just like, like through your maybe they'll just listen to this podcast and I don't have to do the heavy lifting. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I uh, that listen FDA, please legalize Alyssa's favorite drug. Um, <laughs> Thank you for for periods. Uh, okay, uh, I will go next. I've got a sanity corner this week, uh, breaking from my usual. Uh, I'm really excited about the Barbie movie. I wasn't when oh, I first same. heard it was being made, but the more time passes and the more press junkets happen and the more red carpet moments happen with Margot Robbie, the more I'm like, ah, I can't fucking wait. Margot Robbie is absolutely eating up yes. red carpets around the world. There's a Vanity Fair article that has all of her, she's dressing like a Barbie, mm -hmm. um, that has all of her red carpet looks uh, kind of all like side by side with the Barbie. She does day to night Barbie which was like an 80s Barbie. She did Day to Night Barbie. Both looks from Day to Night Barbie. She did Totally Hair Barbie with a little dress with the neon swirls. My sister had that one. She did Black and White Bathing Suit Barbie. She did mm -hmm. uh, she did Earring Magic Barbie, which was an early 90s Barbie, the one with the gay Ken. Remember Earring Magic Ken? Yes. Like yes. very obviously gay and people got oh. mad. Um, and then she... Uh. she just looks amazing. She looks like she's having such a good time. I also love this for her because before she was doing press for Barbie, she was being styled by somebody who seemed like they didn't like her very much um, because her outfits never quite... She's beautiful and so stylish. And the outfits that she was being put in on like red carpets and stuff were just like, what are they doing to her? Um, she seems like she's finally been freed. She's living her best life. She looks so happy. She looks so great. And uh, it's just so much fun as a former person who played with Barbies a lot as a oh, kid. It's so cool. I was I was sad that I haven't seen any representation of Peaches and Cream Barbie, which was my favorite. I cut her hair into a <laughs> mullet uh, as soon as I got her out of the box. <laughs> but you know what, Erin, same thing. I've been like, I don't know, the Barbie movie. And then all of the different trailers and teasers that they've dropped. Guys, any movie that can be about Barbie, but also have the Indigo Girls in their soundtrack was 100% yeah. made for me. That's all I yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Closer I, I am to find, like, wait. I got a tear in my eye. I'm like, where is this showing? I have to drive to <laughs> Albany to see it. I was listening to this podcast that was like, I'm so surprised about some of the things that they're allowing in this movie. Like, there's an F-bomb. Yeah. Like, there's all, like, Mattel really just, like, let Greta Gerwig do her, do the thing, you know? Yeah. I'm so excited to see it. Has anyone seen the I'm Just Ken teaser that came out? No. no. Wait, the, is it the Gosling song? It's the Gosling power ballad. He's singing a power ballad as Ken. It's I've I've my boyfriend wants to throw me out a window because I've played it five thousand times since it came out yesterday. <laughs> oh it's my so god. Good. I'm just like I'm so pumped. <gasps> oh, that's what I'm doing with the rest oh, of I'm, my day. I've just queued it up to watch as soon as we get on. You off. know what it else delivers. made me verklempt? Did you see that uh the model and activist Sophia Sanchez? dressed as the first ever Barbie with Down syndrome. Like she has Down syndrome and Aww. she dressed and it was like, they just, I mean, honestly, if people want a model for how to be inclusive, this Barbie movie really seems to have fucking gotten it right in every way. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought Mattel could have gone from this sort of like mid company that everyone was like, oh, I don't know. To like, they're the coolest thing ever right now. Like, I mean, I'm so following cool. Barbie on Instagram. Okay. I've gone fully in. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're all the way in. <laughs> I wonder what her DMs look like. 
<laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> um okay. Uh Kara, sanity corner or I feel petty. Um, you know, I decided this week to go petty. Um I'm really petty about Fran Drescher hanging out in yes. Italy when there is a SAG strike mm-hmm. that is on the on the verge, on the we're on the precipice of a huge strike where it feels like she doesn't want to do it. I'm I'm in SAG. I voted for the strike along with 98% of the union. And I just feel like it's like when you agreed to push back the strike deadline two weeks, you had to look at your calendar and go, I got to cancel that trip to do Dolce & Gabbana fund whatever the hell you're doing at a Dolce & Gabbana party posing with Kim Kardashian. It's like you're all in, you're the president of the union of people that care about image and optics. Like you have to know how bad this looked. Like I can't, it's just so insane to me. And like the SAG response was like, she's, she's juggling work in three time zones. I'm like, by choice, no yeah. one made her go to Italy. Like this was already on the calendar. I don't care. Things can get canceled. Like their whole response was so Dumb. The only response like not... should have been this was an error in judgment. That's the only yeah, response. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Do you think it's totally. going to happen? It's just Jared? like the strike. Do you think it's going to go off? It feels like the it like I'm seeing media spin that's like, you know, it's only a militant section of this of SAG that wants the strike to happen. And it's like, no, 98 percent. No, you yeah. voted for by it. the studios calling in the Ridiculous. federal mediators. It feels like I don't know. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really like, yeah, I mean, I'm reading all this stuff about how like the studios are trying to just wait for the writers to get poor right. and like just lose their houses. And so they'll stop and then they'll be in a better place to negotiate. And I just feel like I wish the DGA had done a strike and I, I hope I hope that we do. But I don't know. I think this yeah. could be such a big moment to stand up for, you know, unions and make some changes. But no one's gonna do it it sounds like besides the writers so it yeah. sucks but and 98 percent, i'm quoting off of like a tweet i saw earlier but i know it was in the 90s no, like i got yeah. an email from sag that it was in the 90s so it's a vast majority that the militant 98 yes ridiculous like it's uh, so nuts and like sag i think really has something to be scared of because it's like i know writing it's like oh we're gonna put scripts into chat gpt i still do think we'll like you'll need writers for things but like voiceover the voiceover industry will just end they will just literally be making voiceover out of ai you Mm -hmm. know they're gonna scan jennifer lawrence and make her put put her in movies like yeah i don't know it feels like they have a lot to lose and i don't know why they're not like fighting back more and they're going to italy and look i love italy i used to live in italy i'm obsessed Mm -hmm. i wouldn't pass up a trip to italy but if i was the president of sag in the middle of a strike. You don't go to You could probably, she's probably rich enough. I she probably, can reschedule. She can go I a different time. I'd be like, you guys, I'll catch you in 2024. I will be there with bells on, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And to be super petty, uh, Dolce & Gabbana, not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Aren't they like... <laughs> ugliest fancy clothes available. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and one thing about the, the studio, the report that studios are like, we're just going to wait till the writers are like losing their homes and apartments. I think they underestimate how many of the writers have rich parents. So I don't yeah. think people... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people, I was I was shocked when I started working in screenwriting TV stuff. I was like, "Wow, your parents are rich. That's why you've been able to do all the. That's why you went to grad school and got an MFA. Like, and that's why you live in a nice place. You don't owe anybody any money. So anyway, yeah, they can go ahead and try to starve people. Then they'll just have boring rich people writing for them, and nobody's going to want to watch. Uh, Jamie, bring us yeah. home. Sanity Corner or I feel petty. 
Ooh, I feel petty. Uh, it is uh, keeping in with my life. It's hot dog related. <laughs> but uh, so I covered the uh, Nathan's uh, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest on Coney Island for the second time this year. One of my pet grievances that I am writing about this year um, is how the women's contest is treated and the fact that there is uh, gender gendered contests in hot dog eating whatsoever. Uh, so the thing that this contest is run by Major League Eating, which is a thing, and it's not even funny to me anymore. It's just a part of my life. Um, every single contest in this league is all genders because everyone digests. Like there's no reason for there to be any separation except for the hot dog contest, which has everything to do with their ESPN contract and getting as much ad rev out of everything. But since this, uh, since there's been a men's contest and a women's contest, which didn't happen before 2011, the women's contest has been put on ESPN3. They get less money. They get this pejorative pink belt. And this year, they weren't broadcast as it was scheduled. They were just going to be streaming on the app. Like, you couldn't even see them on TV. Meanwhile, it's a 10-minute contest, and the men's, uh, the men's contest gets a full hour on ESPN. Every single year, it has been like this. And so there's no opportunity for... While there is, like, an amazing women's champion, her name's Mickey Sudo. She's great. Um, but no one really knows who she is because she doesn't get gassed up the way Joey Chestnut does every single year. <laughs> and so... Promoting the women's contest and also just re like making the contest all genders again um, is just uh, something I'm very passionate about. I talked to this amazing uh, women's eater named Mary Bowers this year. Uh, who feels the same way, and a lot of the men feel the same way as well. It also means that if there's a non-binary competitor, what do you do? Like what what that puts them in such a horrible position. And um, yeah, I just am still angry about the fact that they were going to air uh, the women's contest on just an app. However, there was a really bad storm between the women's contest and the men's contest on Coney Island this year. And so the men's contest was rained out for two hours. And so ESPN had no choice <laughs> but to broadcast the women's contest. So wow. through an act of God, mm -hmm. it aired, they aired on TV. <laughs> it, it was insane. I hate mm. it so much. Uh, cut to Jamie testifying on Capitol Hill, passionately calling for a <laughs> federal gender integration of hot dog eating contests and senators <laughs> nodding very sagely. Um, Jamie, mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for writing your book. Where can people buy it? Uh, you, can, you should get it on uh, bookshop.org is, is where I would uh, route people to get it. But you can get it anywhere there are books. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Kara Clank, thanks for joining us this week. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride thank or die. You. Listeners, thank you once again for tuning in this and every week. And there will be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. And Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. Fiona Pestana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. Our video producers are Rachel Gajewski and Megan Patzel. And thank you to Julia Beach, Ewa Okulate, Amelia Montooth, Adia Hill, and David Tolls for production support every week. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on Instagram and Twitter for more original content. Host
host takeovers and other community events. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.